greetings beings and species and uh aliens and humans and senators across the galaxy welcome to the high republic the rogue quadrant high republic spinoff show i am supreme chancellor danny and today i'm joined by two very special guests from our sibling podcast the skyhoppers we have tempest runners bin and dakota <laughs> Ooh, I, I didn't like know I got to be title. a tempest runner. Tempest runner. Uh, would you prefer to be a cloud? No. Or no. a strike? Absolutely not. The, no. I the really... Nile have the stupidest titles, and then there's <laughs> Tempest Runner. Like there's one really good title. <laughs> or you could be an I. I'll I'll stick with Tempest Runner. As far as the Jedi know, that means I'm in charge anyway. Exactly. Right. right. I need Lorna D to be afraid to hurt me. Because <laughs> I'm afraid if she's not, it's just lights out. Yeah. It's game over. For sure. Ben, so I know t- a lot of people who Lorna D wouldn't be afraid of. You might be close to the top of that list, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just mean that by title, like, okay, okay. Lorna D's not just going to wantonly attack. Well, it's complicated. I recently have finished Tempest Runner myself, and I'm not going to say anything more. Okay, well, well, no spoilers. We're not here to discuss the new and relevant media. We're here (laughs) to discuss the book that came out three months ago. So thank you both for joining me for this very casual notes free discussion about The Rising Storm by Kevin Scott. Whoop, whoop. Two whoops for The Rising Storm. That's Mm -hmm. our review. And uh, thanks for joining joining us. See you next time. Five star rating, please. galaxy is at peace, ruled by the glorious Republic and protected by the noble and wise Jedi Knights. This is the era of the High Republic. So hey, I I am uh, I'm kind of curious since we haven't uh, checked in with y'all Skyhoppers uh, since has it been since the Christmas special? I, think mm-hmm. so. I believe so. Uh, oh no, Ben, you came on so we could make fun of uh, Dark Empire. Yes, but it was actually Dark Empire too. So I got kind of catfished there. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Podfished. <laughs> yeah, I read Dark Empire and then y'all were like actually dark empire 2 i'm like hey cool completely different story thank you (laughs) (laughs) anyway i'm curious what have you how have you two's uh high republic experience been so far dakota you can go first i can go first wow yeah yeah well i've been loving it pretty much every everything that's come out i've been really enjoying um yeah i it's great i'm very excited i can't believe that we're only in the first year seriously (laughs) I know. Well, yeah, uh, the amount of heartbreak that we've experienced to date. <laughs> yep. Also, I think I'm caught up except for the High Republic Adventures. So nice for what that's worth. I am almost caught up. I'm woefully behind on adventures. I think I've read like the first issue of that. Uh, it's been I've been bouncing off of it a little bit. I it's I'm not opposed. I just haven't gotten around to it. And I haven't read the most recent issue of the comic and I have not gotten to I a test of courage yet. Either. That's a good point. But 
a test of courage. It's coming in the mail. I'm going to read it. It's going to be good because I, I yeah, finished. It's uh, great. Well, I'll get into this. Bouncing off of what it could have said. Uh, High Republic, freaking sweet. Love it. Love everything that's coming out. Um, in a lot of ways, it's it's like it's not Legends. It doesn't feel exactly like Legends did to me. But it's cool in a Legends kind of way, but it's in its own unique way. That doesn't make any sense and is incredibly <laughs> vague. But well, I, I mean, I've been curious to ask you about this exact thing because like I got to sort of uh, a couple of years ago, right? As you read through the New Jedi Order for the first time, I got to sort of experience that peripherally online. And um, <laughs> you had you like you really uh, staying true to your reputation of of only loving the highest quality of Star Wars literature. Like you loved every <laughs> book of that series uh, without reserve, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm pretty... curious, like, is this scratching a similar itch for you or does this feel like an entirely different thing? It's well, you know, of course, it does feel like an entirely different thing. Um, but I think one thing that I've kind of been. Uh, first of all, I will defend New Jedi Order till the day I die. Yep. I think it's some of the best Star Wars there. Is. I think it's some of the best Star Wars there is. No, um, <laughs> but I uh, also it it does. What I've kind of realized recently is that what I've really been picking up on in canonical Star Wars telling, you know, since the reboot has been um, everything is connected. Everything is directly tied to something else yeah which is you know a fine way of telling stories um but what i liked about legends was there was that element of connection but there was also just like consistency which i feel like legends is you know people kind of give it a bad rap but more or less i feel like it's really consistent with it within itself and the high republic is kind of walking that middle line for me in that it's like it's got that really modern style of star wars book storytelling where things are connected and there's a lot of overlap and things but also it really for the first time it feels like there are there's external media outside of stuff that's on screen that is expanding the universe right beyond being attached to the most recent big thing that's come out on screen i feel like and, and like granted i'm in a very small uh, and and well curated circle online, but I feel like <laughs> when the new releases come out, it feels like there's the same amount of pomp and circumstance as when Star Wars is releasing TV series episodes or even like some of the movies, right? Just because it's it's really really nice because obviously you have the you know the people that are anti this for whatever reason, but I feel like by and large, everyone's pretty excited about it. Yeah, um, it seems like it's doing really well and people are really into it. I've been seeing the same stuff online. And I'm mm -hmm. I love to see it. I love to see it doing well. Yep, agreed. <clears throat> uh, Meg and I were just talking last week. It's uh, the that these authors are the ones that are sort of getting the spotlight right now. Like we have no unhappiness about that. <laughs> no, <Yes>. they're, <laughs> all they are better they're all better than the majority great. of the creators that Star Wars is putting behind a lot of their work right now. So. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Great for publishing to have the spotlight. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So, so the rising storm was, was the second of the sort of quote unquote major adult novel releases. I feel like the Delray books have kind of been sort of where the, the main story lives. Mm -hmm. Like this is, this is sort of the, the core story and then everything else is sort of tying into this in a way. Um, and you can tell that it's the main story because there are 17 bajillion characters that are featured <laughs> in these Delray novels. It's a little hard for me to keep track sometimes. Seriously, I don't understand why they don't put a cast list in the beginning. Just 
for the love of God, really give handy, me a list a of dramatis persona. Just because I love to see those in Star Wars books. Me too. You know, yeah. it's just fun. So and they're so helpful. It, just do it for the fun factor. Lucasfilm, uh-huh. come on. Truly, yep. Uh, but this is also, I believe, this is Kevin Scott's first adult novel for Star Wars. Um, he did do the Dooku audio yeah, drama, the radio drama. Um, I think that's true. Yeah, I think this is his first one. Which, <laughs> what a book to kick it off from. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna spoil start to finish. So if you haven't read it, uh, this is your warning. This is a spoiler episode, and we're just gonna discuss what our reactions were and whatever wherever the conversation takes us so i'm just going to open it up with the very open-ended question of what is the moment that stands out to you the most from this book and there are many to pick from <laughs> Oof, that's hard because like the the action piece is most of the book like right, yeah. the the attack on the world or not the world's fair um <laughs> I mean, basically <laughs> Yeah, whatever they call it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, that's so much of the book. Um, I think the standout character for me is easier to pinpoint. Okay, that is Elzar Man. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Elzar Uh, Man. What a man, Elzar Man. (laughs) Yeah, what a babe. Everyone in the galaxy knows it. Um, For me, this is, I, I'm sure the authors would love to hear me say this. All of the High Republic authors would love to hear me say this. What jumps out to me immediately is the the hollow net famous image of Stellan Geos. Oh, yep. Holding yeah. Chancellor Lena So and like lamenting just to the sky. Oof, it's good. Oh. And it's like, it's obviously, it, it feels like bait. It's obviously, you know, it's like, it's very dramatic. It's over the top. It makes news headlines. But it worked. Oh, it I'm worked. like, this is, I'm like, things are truly horrible. They thought the Nihil were done. Yep. And instead, mm. they ruined what was supposed to be the symbol of the Republic. Yeah. Yep. And I can Jesus. totally picture that, like, the image was so vividly described. Like, I to- can yeah. totally picture the propaganda poster, like, the image on the hollow news feeds. Mm-hmm. And I love the, the piece where Stellan is just like, no, 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 no. I, I don't want to be the face of the. No, no, no. Right. Mm-hmm. But like the, you know, it's our reluctant hero, right? Um, yeah. Also, everyone in the galaxy is so thirsty for Stellan Geos. <laughs> Let's just say, like <laughs> seven so different good. times, like some character points out, like he is really good looking with his mm-hmm. uh, with his well coiffed facial hair, <laughs> yep. and his all the Jedi are abs. hot in the higher public. Truly, I, I love that. that for them. Me too. <laughs> But yes, the the image of Stellan holding the the Chancellor and how he's just like, oh, now I'm in the face of the Jedi Order. Great. <laughs> uh, not to interrupt, another thing that jumps out to me actually is another moment kind of involving Stellan at the end once uh, Chancellor So has kind of stabilized and you can kind of just get whispers of the Jedi turning into the pawns of the Republic being used mm-hmm. in this like really almost prequel-esque kind of way yeah, where it's like for sure there's this pressure for them to lose their way they haven't done it quite yet but you can see i just love seeing all the bits and pieces of that sort of thing spread throughout yeah. all of the high republic stuff not just this yep. novel yeah that's that's one of my favorite things about it too and i think the non-adult books their main focus has so far been characterization because we don't get a whole lot of that in I mean they do a good job for how many characters they have I think but they get to do more deep dives on characters in especially the YA books um and so I really like to see that but 
in those it's like terrifying how close to the dark or like the wrong path at least Mm -hmm. so many of the characters are Mm -hmm. and you get to see glimpses of that in the adult novels but um again there's so many characters but it's just fun (laughs) it's scary and fun i mean it's been it's been memefied to death at this point but also like i truly feel like politics is an integral part of the star wars secret sauce right like um absolutely whatever your feelings on the taxation of trade routes in the outer systems like (laughs) it's 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 been it's been there from the beginning and it's it's such an essential part to what the story is and so like like it was part of the light of the jedi too but like it really Mm -hmm. was a major key uh part of this book was sort of the how the politics played into it all and sort of the jedi Mm -hmm. relationship with the politicians and and like that is sort of part of their fatal flaw slash downfall right is that they become politicians themselves yep. and become tools of this political body and so to see that sort of happening and, and again starting in this way that all all good intentions and completely not uh meant to you know go down that path but mm-hmm. you could you can just you can see how we get from a to b like the seeds are already there Mm-hmm. So I, I have to say, Stel- Stellan Geos was a standout for me too, and I think I think Stellan and Elzar, like this book at the core of this book, it's it's the bromance between these two guys, right? <laughs> yes. um, maybe it's more than that. It's unclear. Uh, Avar Chris is in the mix here too. Like I think I think we have Star Wars first official thruple, even if no one's <laughs> willing to say it out loud. But I think you are correct. Yes. I would. Be, I'd be. Incl- I'm inclined to agree with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have like. It's a thruple. We have one of the sides already, like, confirmed. Yes, extremely confirmed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And the chemistry between the other two sides is completely undeniable. And again, maybe it's just part of the Stellan problem where he has chemistry with everyone because he's the sexiest being in the galaxy, but... Um, but yeah, like, and, and, and so I, I really appreciated sort of the focus in on Elzar and Stellan's relationship because Stellan Mm -hmm. was pretty much absent from the first book. Yes. And then in this book, we really get to Avar is basically the one who's absent from yeah. this book. But in both cases, we're sort of seeing learning about these two characters via their relationship with Elzar, which is uh, very fun because Elzar has so many feelings about everything. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Can I those feelings? Can I jump in with another standout moment, please? I'm yes. Sorry to do this again but no whenever elzar yeah it's been a while since i've read the book i finished it probably yeah. mid-july <laughs> so apologies if i'm a little fuzzy on some details but whenever same elzar comes to stellan and is like i tapped into the dark side i need help and it's like oh my god it's just it's weird to see weird and nice to see jedi kind of confronting what they're feeling like that talking about their mistakes Yes. Rather not than... just ignoring it and pretending like everything's <laughs> fine and not talking about it. Yes, this is a call out, Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And it's like, I obviously, I am just of the mind that the Jedi are flawed in the prequels, and but mm-hmm. well-intentioned. So I don't want to throw too much shade in that direction. But mm-hmm. it's it's refreshing to see that's like, oh, Elzar's not just going to fall to the dark side and be lost necessarily. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's like he he's open about this, and Stellan is like, "I know Ugh. we can help." Oh, it was beautiful. It was so <laughs> I love nice. the line where he's like, I, "I think we probably just need to take a little sabbatical to Jeddah." What do you think? Right. And I'm just imagining the two of them sitting outside the temple with like 
uh, Shirat and Baze's like great 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 grandpas like standing <laughs> oh. guard while they like lay in a sun chair with cucumbers in their eyes and commune with mm-hmm. the force and think about the dark side. Yeah, <laughs> and drink and mojitos like, exactly, and have a little redemption arc through like therapy and conversation oh. and open communication. What an idea! Right? It's beautiful. <laughs> Uh, Elzar no needs so much die. therapy. Oh my god! Yes, oh, he does. Like the book opens, and it's like Elzar hasn't stopped having bad visions since the last book ended a year ago. <laughs> so, mm. How is this poor man just like able to sleep ever? Oh jeez, yeah. the fact that he like anime style got a nosebleed from one of his visions too was like, jeez, <laughs> someone help this guy, please. Yeah. yeah so. uh Elzar did have a little uh, soiree with the dark side here. He did. Um, any thoughts on how this might, like, do we think that Elzar is going the way of Anakin? Or not, because I, I, he has supportive friends who are looking out for him. But does he? Yeah, They're kind so of busy. Avar was like, they are a little time. busy. Uh-huh. I think, so when it happened, I was like, oh, here we go. Here's the first <laughs> one. And, but then, like, they, uh, Stellan talk to him about it and he didn't hide it or anything so i don't know i think he might get he might be okay and we just need to worry more about some of the other people instead of him yeah he might be kind of a red herring whereas if you exactly read, if you read some of these the young adult books and the uh even some of the young reader one or the middle grade ones it's yep. just like there are jedi that are in much bigger trouble oh than yeah. elzar man <laughs> i think um absolutely (laughs) just because they he is aware of his problem and knows that he Mm -hmm. needs some help with it whereas some of these other jedi are just like hmm i have doubts i'm just gonna keep it myself nothing bad will happen there (laughs) it'll be fine exactly that's why i'm so worried about them yeah but i think i'm going to distract myself with sexy time with the security officer from the planet (laughs) (laughs) and see i and see i think I don't want to necessarily go in, plant my flag and say red herring, mm-hmm. but I think he might be, I think they might want to use him as the example of like, he was a Jedi who was okay. Mm-hmm. He is a good Jedi because he faced his struggle head on rather than trying to just quash it down and ignore yep. it and pretend it's not there. I mean, look how it worked for Anakin. Like you said, Danny, it going the way of Anakin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think this is already not that. Yeah. Do we think like, is he better off by the end of the book? Do you think? I think so. I think he is too. I think he had that crisis and then now he's able to confront it. So I think he's in a much better place. Yeah. I think he probably still needs to have like a very long conversation with Avar Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love the moment Agreed. when like there's an entire chapter where he's just like, oh my gosh, Avar's coming today. Avar's coming today. Avar's coming to the fair today. Oh my gosh. And then <laughs> like the ramp to the ship opens up and Oprah Lynn walks off and he's just like, <laughs> that what was a good the gag. frick? <laughs> this is not what I ordered. Oh, it was very good. It doesn't help yeah. that I feel like in this book, uh, well, really just kind of, I want to say in general, and I think it's unfair to her because we haven't gotten Avar Chris like viewpoint a ton yet, mm-hmm. but it seems like compared to Stellan, she has the emotional availability of a wall, not Stellan yeah. <laughs> Elgar. And it's like, that's gotta be, I, I felt, I don't know. I felt very bad for Elzar whenever he's excited to see her 
It definitely mm-hmm. feels one-sided. It does. Oh, yeah. It does. And, like, it kind of, the, the epilogue from Light of the Jedi kind of makes it seem that, like, Avar is not necessarily not into him, but she's just, like, so much more focused on, like, this is wrong. There are rules. Like, right. she's a little uh-huh. more lawful, whereas Elzar is definitely chaotic. Yeah. Yep. And she, like, it seems kind of also, like, she had her fun as a Padawan, and now <laughs> she's moved on. <laughs> Well, she even says that what I think she says to uh, Elzar, we're not Padawans anymore. Yeah. Like, I think that's the line. And it's like, uh-huh. it's <laughs> exactly that. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> well, know. I'm I'm hoping that the um, the third book, which is going to be written by C- Claudia Heartbreaker Gray. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and it's sort of like <laughs> the end ready. of the first trilogy. I'm hoping that we get to see this trio like together fully yes. in action. Oh, um, yes. Because it the does. The all-powerful like, trio. Both books do sort of, you can, like, feel the absence of, like, these three operate best when they're together. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can feel that it's it's not quite there because of the absence of, you know, whichever character was not present. Mm-hmm. That's funny. I've never noticed that. That's a great point, Danny. That it is, like, very intentional that one yeah. of these characters is gone. Yeah, we have not seen the three of them in the same room at the same time, I don't no. believe, except in flashbacks. Dang. I'm wondering if... Claudia Gray's will be will have all three of them, or if it will be another combination of two. So I guess that would mean Elzar and Avar would be maybe the main focus of the third if they follow the same pattern. Sure. Um, and that will be interesting. I just I hope we get more Avar because I think she's the one that we're missing out on right now the most yeah uh, i i agree with your wall analysis ben and <laughs> and I, I i wonder how much of that is just because we haven't really seen in her head yeah. much yeah and i that's why i said that's why i wanted to kind of preface it with like it's a little unfair to her to say that that's part of her character because we just don't know yeah um she is probably the one that elzar is obviously super compelling um but I, she's one of the ones i'm most interested in because i'm sensing some kind of uh legends or not even legends it's like canon luke skywalker parallels here in mm-hmm. that she is she is always referred to as the hero of hetzal mm-hmm. and i'm just like is this gonna is that gonna be a problem is she gonna you know either i don't see her getting a, a big head over it but will she start to feel some sort of pressure from that will that create issues i don't know i can't well, say this is and- entirely just speculation that could that could lead to an interesting dynamic too, right? Because she's the hero of Hetzel. Now Stellan is the poster boy of the attack on the mm-hmm. Velo on the Republic Fair. And so, you know, again, two of them are now sort of grappling with quote unquote celebrity. Yeah. What is that gonna do to their dynamic? <laughs> Nothing good. Mm-hmm. And I also nope. think like <laughs> I I haven't read the comic. I know this is a story they're exploring in the comic, but it was alluded to in this book how Avar Chris has like made an alliance with the Hut Cartel to help you mm-hmm. know fight off the Dren gear. And I'm you know, so there's clearly some more than just like black and white as far as Avar is thinking about things. Yeah. And it would be mm-hmm. very interesting to sort of get in her head and see how she's grappling with these sort of similar questions mm-hmm. that it seems like Elzar is um, grappling with with feelings. Well, see, and I'm I'm not gonna speak too much to this um just for the fact that it's like this is not the focus of the podcast and spoilers but like there are some other legends parallels that i may be seeing the beginnings of here of this sort of jedi jedi pragmatism we'll say mm-hmm. whereas avar is very willing to like you said danny make an alliance with the huts and it's like we need to wipe the Drengear out we need to end it 
And it's like, mm-hmm. well, that's I, I get it, but that's not the most Jedi way of looking at things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, very interesting. Yeah. I'm very Especially curious. since we've seen, I think, maybe just in Crashpoint Tower, but like they were able to come up. I, I won't talk about it uh, in a lot of detail, I guess, but <laughs> they were able to come to a less violent uh sort right. of conclusion there than <laughs> yes. what Meg and I have talked about this a lot in the last episode uh, <laughs> yeah. we, we thought it was very funny and uh, yeah <laughs> yep. liar meets yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really good anyway we, we won't spoil that here but uh, no. mm-hmm. check it out uh, if you want to know more about uh, alternate solutions to uh, solving the drunk gear problem plant based mm-hmm. problems yeah <laughs> plant-based problems so none of those here anyway adult (laughs) novels Uh, um other jedi who uh played a big role in this book is uh bell could this guy ever catch a break is that a far oh (laughs) poor baby oh my god i hate it bell started this book by getting a harpoon to the gut and somehow that wasn't the most (laughs) gut-wrenching thing that happened to him in this story even close. I love that pun, Danny. Very good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank um, you. Very A plus. I very purposely did not mention the fate of his master as a standout moment because I knew we'd get there. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> which is like that's that's the thing that is this bell scene that dominates my thinking about this book. Obviously, which is too bad because like yeah. he was a badass. He took a harpoon to the gut and was like up on his feet within forty eight hours. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's he's he's got this great arc where he's right where he needs to be, you know, afraid of reaching out with the force because he's he's just he's just afraid. Yeah. He misses he misses Loden. He doesn't know how to cope with that. But then he's like, Well, these people need my help. They're gonna die otherwise. Yep. <laughs> I have to do gotta something. Gotta babysit these cute gays. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, okay, we'll talk about them in a second, because maybe my favorite <laughs> characters, but um yeah, I just I, I felt for Bell. And, and again, like this was another thing where like the relationship, you could just like feel the absence of Loden throughout this. Like mm-hmm. and Dearest Stokes is not a bad master by any stretch of the imagination, but they do not have the same rapport and connection no. that was like so visible and tangible in the first book. Yeah. And like you can just you can feel Bell like trying to convince himself like this is fine, this is okay, like and Deer is good too. We're gonna be all right. Uh even though it's very obviously just like it is a very much a grayscale version of, of the relationship that was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do like though, that she is, I mean, I think, I think, you know, she's a fine master, I'm sure, but I think she's a really good Jedi being yes. like coaching him and being like, I know you're hurting. This is hard. It's supposed to be hard. We just can't let our emotions rule us is what it comes down to. Like you can feel that you have to, you need to feel that. Yeah. That loss. And I feel for her too because she's like coming in as the substitute teacher here. Right. Like. <laughs> yeah. But she is able to put that ego aside and she's like, my Padawan needs help. Yeah. I need to help him. And that's yeah. like, it's just all of the Jedi, all of them are just, I think, are fantastic characters. And it's just yep. a matter of which one I think that we've gotten to spend more time with than mm-hmm. others. But yeah, anyway, Bell, super cool. So shall we talk about the ending? since we're here we can. Passing so, through. So, okay so before we get to like like load and great storm was very absent throughout this book there was one brief scene with him like midway where it's like okay so he is definitely still alive 
And then uh, this thing happens in the end with this fake out that I'm still mad about. Yeah. Where Bell saves life. <laughs> yes. Only had a... to be leveled. Just because Bell was so broken up about it and it was such a part of his arc, I had a bad feeling about it as soon as Loden got reintroduced. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is not going to end well. It's just, it's just it won't. <sighs> um, I didn't see it. Didn't see it coming. Really? That's interesting yeah. to me. Danny, did you see it coming? Uh, no, because I was so focused on the, like, it seemed like Bell's arc was to, like, be okay with Loden's absence, and it seemed like he got there to a point, and so when he came back, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, he's able to now, they're able to now be together again. And also, I was bracing myself for something. I didn't didn't <laughs> know what it was going to be. I was worried that Bell was going to die at the end. Yeah, I that's where I was. I was something. I was more concerned about Bell. <laughs> like yeah. I didn't think. I thought that after the conclusion of his arc, where he oh he's doing a lot better now, then I thought he was going to bite it. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. It truly was horrific to read. Yeah. And yeah. seeing how Bell <laughs> reacted later. What is this thing that Martian dug up out of the ice? Yeah, let's talk about that. <sighs> do we don't we have no idea yet, do what we? What is this man like... doing? So here are the facts. I did a little forensic investigation. Here's Please, what here's you. what we know. <laughs> Martian Roe, the true eye of the denial, uh not Lorna <laughs> D, as the Jedi seem to think. Found Udi Dis. That's right. The character's name is Udi Dis, mm-hmm. a Talortai, who uh, is an entire species who is force sensitive. What? Mm-hmm. Mildly so. Mildly so. They actually appeared originally in the expansion pack for the PC game Star Wars Empire at War. What? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh I Thank thought you for that, is, they said he was the Talortai, and I'm like, that name is so familiar. Why is it familiar? And Urifen is the other. Uh, Talertai and Legends. This is their first canonical appearance. Okay. So of course, I thought that was sick. Yeah, yeah. No, it's because I am cool. nothing if not on brand. Yeah. Well, and just I mean, yeah, just the idea of an entire species that is, you know, even if uh, mildly so, but being being tapped into the Force is mm-hmm. like it's a cool concept that we haven't explored. I like that, and the whole idea that like uh, the Sith wiped a bunch of them out, so the sense that they've been trained to sort of stifle that side of their experience very sad yeah because mm-hmm. I mean, it's it is interesting to see what a society like that could become yeah truly yeah it's the, it's the meme right the the uh, futuristic city <laughs> what could have been if the sith hadn't wiped out <laughs> i love that um okay so so martian row finds udi dis well i guess udi dis was already a nile i don't know how they got connected but anyways they go and they hook up with martian's mom who's like sweetie it's so nice to see you let's go to a cave they go to a cave and Wait, that was his mom was it his mom or maybe it was his great aunt i was something I'm, I'm pretty sure it was not his mom <laughs> <laughs> i don't i would think that i wouldn't have completely spaced on that right right but okay, it's it, fine i there is some sort of relation there great aunt twice removed yes yeah okay thank you yeah uh they go to this cave udi starts freaking out he's like having these visions of the past and the future and he can't tell what's reality and what's isn't and martian rose like oh good good and he's like a little help here please and martian's like oh good good and they get a little further in the cave 
And then there are these like droids with swords and they fight the droids with swords. Uh, but Udi just takes a sword to the gut. And so he dies. But Martian's like, oh, but it's all good. And Udi just is like, what is this thing that we're here for? And, and Martian's mom is like, it is balance. And Udi just is like, that's not an answer to the question. And Martian Rose is like, thank you for your service and crushes the skull. And they take this block of ice. And then the evil doctor on the ship is like, okay, I'm going to melt the ice for you now. And then the ice melts and there's a creature that has like claws and uh, Martian lets it out and it turns Loden Graystorm into cement block. Dust, and right? Yeah. Dust. <laughs> I was picturing Han Solo in the Carbonite personally, but then I guess maybe just like for a brief moment and then it crumbled. Yeah, it blew away. In my head, this is a very, it's not, I guess, niche. A lot of people played this game. In my head, he was making the pose that your, or that player, that characters make in Knights of the Old Republic whenever they get frozen. They kind of like arch their back outwards and like look up at the sky and put their oh, hands yeah, up yeah, next yeah. to their head. Yep. <laughs> that was what he looked like in my head. Okay. Cool. Anyone else want to weigh in on how they imagined Loden Greystorm was posed at the time of his horrific death? Um, Clearly the most think, important part. I think he was reaching out for a hug from Belle. Oh. Dakota, that's uncalled for. I'm thinking and then finger he says, guns. I don't want to go. Dakota, please. He saw Stellan for the first time, and him and Stellan always made finger guns at each other, and so that's... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do want to pop in real quick. Kufa is the name of Martian's mom, and she is, in fact, his cousin. Oh, okay. okay. Cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Not his mom. Great. Perfect. Noted. Um, so, yeah, it's called The Leveler. Hmm. It's scary. It's yeah. scary. What is it? Is it like... Where, uh, like where is it now? <laughs> I'm, I'm entrenched in, in like... 2019 pop culture apparently because i just can all i can think about is thanos and his stupid glove like is that <laughs> is that Marshigan's plan wipe out half of the universe yeah i don't i don't know they're they keep calling them anarchists and i haven't seen anything no they're not uh, anarchists it's just a pyramid scheme <laughs> yeah i haven't seen it anything is. related to anarchy at all yet <laughs> so i don't know if maybe is martian actually an anarchist and he's just like trying to um get rid of, i don't know it is called the level whatever yeah it is called the level um, but they don't call him multi-level martian for nothing <laughs> <laughs> no one calls him that <laughs> i call him that now ben calls him that <laughs> uh oh, i'm just imagining the like the three uh who are the tempest riders just like <laughs> <laughs> like eating blood or whatever it is that they do and pan Ata is just like multi-level martian and lorna and Zetar just blank stares blink 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 anyways um i i don't want to bring too much tempest runner into this and i'm not going to spoil mm-hmm. anything so don't worry but having listened to tempest runner it does not give me any better of an idea of what martian <laughs> is up to no because that's I, what I have no idea That's what, what his I motivations was like, are. Like, where? Ah, yeah, I don't know. Where's the leveler? <laughs> <laughs> What's it doing? <laughs> Is it okay? Where does he keep it? Well, and it's yeah. Does like put it back into a free, like an industrial size freezer every night? Does he talk to it? Does it? I don't... Oh, you know, he talks to it. Well, I well, mean, it was causing it... the visions of his dad, right? Like that was yeah, for sure. But like, can he... I don't know. Can he just tell it what? Uh, 
I'm just I'm at a loss. Well, it's, it's, and that's the thing. I mean, because he kind of they kind of just unfroze it and then let it go on Grizzle. Is that the name of the planet? I think mm-hmm. they just kind of let it loose. He picked it back up, but how? I mean, that's just the question you've been asking. What is it doing? Okay, now mm-hmm. I'm picturing it's like a Pringles can, right? And he opens it up and like the snake that pops out, but it's like the big scary dog. <laughs> but then he like has this whistle that he calls that brings it back and it like stuffs itself back in the Pringles it turns can. Into, it, yeah, it turns into the crinkle snake and stuffs itself back in the can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right, and he puts the can in the freezer. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We, and he's we like, I'm just, I'm just gonna level one Jedi Master. I'll just get my fix. But you know what they say. <laughs> <laughs> wow i i i think we predicted it predicted it uh claudia gray's novel is going to open up with martian pulled the top off the pringles can <laughs> that, that is the no then the top off the springle springles springles, springles can <laughs> i wow. can't tell if that's a deep cut or not um i love it is it a deep cut well, are, are springles just, canon no no but like Thinking back to like Topedos, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. very, very vaguely, ba- like very minorly changing the name of it's unimportant. I wish <laughs> I didn't bring it up. <laughs> it's unimportant. I kind of wish you hadn't either. Yeah. <sighs> but I, yeah, I don't know what the leveler's doing. All that to say, I don't know what it is, and we're not supposed to know what it is, and that bothers me. Yeah, yep. right. That makes me nervous. <laughs> How dare they? Uh, well, it's just, it's, this this book okay you read light of the jedi right probably my favorite canon novel to date like i think it's truly phenomenal mm-hmm. you read it and you're like wow the night hill that's really that's rough how are they gonna i don't know how they're gonna get out of this one and then it's like hello dog <laughs> it's like um it's like i don't know how they're gonna get out of this one and then it's like Oh, you've got the comics and uh, out of the shadows is like, oh, the Dren gear. Things keep getting worse. And then now it's like the leveler. All these other problems are still there. And now the leveler. <laughs> we don't. Uh, you say Bell Zedifar can't catch a break. I don't think any of them can catch a break. It just keeps getting worse. And I don't know if that's like the whole. Like, I think at the end of all this, the Jedi will come out triumphant, the Republic. But I feel like it's going to be in rougher shape, probably. But. I think it's going to get really, really bad. Is the whole thing just going to be the fall of the Jedi is because the Jedi couldn't catch a break? Because that doesn't I, make me feel very optimistic about my future. <laughs> well, I mean, that might be oversimplifying it, but I think that, <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's actually, a, I think that's a valid point or a valid yeah, read. I, it, they just have to change. They have to adapt. They have to sacrifice their principles in order to overcome all of these things and they come out the other side, not the Jedi they were going in. Right. I I have a similar thought process because I'm just like, it. I feel like we're leading up to some truly, you know, galaxy shifting event that's going to happen. But then I'm like, but wait, they, there's no way that would never have been referenced in all of star Wars until now. I mean, and granted, like I understand how the storytelling works, but <laughs> right, it just right. feels like, yeah, maybe it is just like this series of smaller events that gradually build up to this change Jedi Order, and that's sort of going to be the long-term message here. Kind of a slow that, burn. It's, it's a piecemeal thing. Well, and see, I think that's that I don't want to get too, you know, I mean, I'll just say it's stupid about it, but like 
that kind of reflects what's going on in the real world right now, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like it's not necessarily just one massive. It's not like oh, fascism's here now. It's been little bits and pieces here and there mm-hmm. that eventually lead to whatever hellscape we're living in now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, Star Wars is not subtle. Um, and I wouldn't doubt if I would. I would be surprised if that was unintentional. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I mean, these things aren't written in a vacuum. Yeah. Yep. I, well, I no, sure wait. Think no. That's what they're going for. I don't know. I shouldn't have brought it up. Star Wars. They're in, Star Wars isn't political. And Star Wars shouldn't be political. <laughs> yeah, good, good point. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Get out. You're right. Uh, anyway, so let's talk about the politics. <laughs> um, no, actually, let's, let's keep talking about the Nile. So we 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 talked about Marshawn Rowe a little bit, um, and, and I, I, there was there was just Game of Thrones shenanigans happening over the Nile side of things. Like, and and I really just I love that I'm getting my Game of Thrones fix from Star Wars with just the the maneuvering between the three Tempest runners and the way that uh, Marshawn Rowe is essentially just like no. Every time one of them tries something, like it's beautiful. It's I love it. <laughs> and then, again, I mean, it makes you wonder what's his plan? What's he doing? I don't. They know, don't. Because... They're not threatened by him. Well, I, I would, let me try to say it again. Lorna D is is threatened by him, <laughs> but the other two are not threatened by him at the start of this book, and they are by the end. And he didn't really do much of anything except say to them, "No, no." I don't know. He's crazy. The, the Nihil, though, uh, Danny, I like that you put it Game of Thrones, like Game of thrones They're all doing their own little it's, thing over they're there. They're all trying to maneuver their way into the top. And, and honestly, like, tr- like trying to keep up with, like, who's on whose side and, and the, mm. the maneuvering between Lerna D and Pan Ada. It's a lot of fun. Like, it's, yeah. it is. Like, wait, how is she going to double cross? Wait, is this a triple cross? Oh, my gosh, it's a quadruple cross. Okay, I think, I, <laughs> I think I'm keeping up with she poisoned him, but he knew she was poisoning him because, you know. Like, yeah, exactly. That's that's wild. Um, Zetar, I felt like, was kind of a... Not that Kasev was, like, my favorite, but I felt like Zetar was kind of a step down, if I remember correctly. He was... He was kind, kind of, of just... a deer in the headlights for this whole thing. Yeah, he... <laughs> He's yeah. He was dropped into the middle of it, and he has no idea what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I Ro walks in and like tries to electrocute Pan Ada, and and Zitar's <laughs> like, "Oh shit, what did I get myself into here?" <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't really miss Kasov at all, but no. I do miss Wet Bub. Oh, <laughs> oh, Bub. R.I.P. to a good one. Yep. <laughs> I knew he was familiar when he popped up in Tempest Runner. I'm like, Wet Bub. Why do I know that name? Wet Bub. How could you forget? <laughs> you forgot Wet, Wet Bub? Bub? I did forget Wet Bub. I'm sorry. Oh, my favorite so of the There are so many characters. I Hashtag love never be so forgetting Wet Bub. <laughs> 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 I love that there are all these characters and you both are like, there are so many characters. It's hard to keep track of them all. You don't forget Wet Bub. <laughs> I could never. <laughs> okay, yeah. Like Indira and Loden and Ty and Stellan and Wetbub. Like, which of those am I not going to forget? <laughs> True, you're right. Never be so forgetting Wetbub. I love that, Danny. I, <laughs> my God, that's good. I'm going to make, I'm going to make an image of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, we need to keep moving. Which of the Nile do you think are most likely to successfully replace uh, Marcia and Ro before all is said and done? It's Lorna D, right? <sighs> Lorna, well... but <laughs> I, know, I don't know. But, but he just keeps he just keeps being a step ahead. Yeah. Even when I think, oh, you're done, buddy. 
Well, but I think that's the thing that's so smart about her is that there are a lot of parts of this book where it seems like maybe she actually is going to double cross Martian, but she never does. She always stays on his side. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's hard to say because Lorna is also is Lorna. I mean, she got an entire six hour audio drama dedicated to her. Like she's clearly being set up as one of the more important characters on the Nihil side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Um, we definitely have more of her now than Martian even. Yeah. Because Um, of that. So I I meant to look up who did the voice actor for Martian and Tempest Runner. Whoever I can't remember who it was, whoever was nailed it. Um, Yes. He's got that like kind of like raspy, almost almost uncertain voice. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. That's Tempest Runner. What were you going to say, Dakota? Uh, I was going to say who I thought it was. Um, I thought Mark Thompson. I, I thought, thought it was Mark Thompson. Was Mark okay. Thompson well, that explains it. That explains but it. yeah, and he's Marcian so good Thompson. because it doesn't sound like Mark Thompson. <laughs> Marcion Thompson. <laughs> um, or excuse me, Markion Thompson. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know because I, I don't know what, I don't know what, especially coming out of this book, I don't know what Lorna D's goals are. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that in terms of just like raw skill, like she could certainly kick my ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, she kicks so much ass in this book. That, that's like, what I mean. That's what makes all the Nihil scary, though, right? Is that that it's very unclear what for most of them it's very unclear what their intentions are. Right. Um, like again, they have this vague, vague like mission statement of anarchy via pyramid schemes. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anarchy via smashing everything and stealing everything. Yeah. Not- helping anyone yeah generally just not being true anarchist but like yes (laughs) um i don't know but i see i think that's i think a lot of them don't have motivations they're there to party yeah (laughs) but but i think what makes it scarier is the fact that it's like you do have people like like lorna like martian Mm -hmm. who are clearly just using this big group of i you know frat boys idiots (laughs) you could say it yeah yeah (laughs) Okay, you picked up on what I was, what I was putting down. Um, yeah, this big group of idiots—they're just being—they're being used. Yeah, mm-hmm, I don't think sure. even a lot of them would care that much. No, but it's, as long as they still get to party. Yeah, yeah. Do we still get the free booze. Great, we're here. Cool, that's fine. I'm here. I'm here for you, Marcion. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They are. They started out to me at the end of Light of the Jedi. I was kind of let down by the Nihil. Mm-hmm. Um. I just felt like I was a little bit misled about what they are. Yes. And now I'm seeing that, oh, the Nihil are not... The, to me, the Nihil themselves, not that interesting. What's interesting is how they're all being manipulated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By these people who have these completely different agendas. And again, I think that echoes kind of things that are happening in the real world. Um, and I think that's really interesting. I'm curious. I'm just... To answer your question, Danny, I don't know who's going to replace Martian. I think it's probably most likely to be Lorna D because it's not going to be Zetar. Um, <laughs> you know, and at this point... Okay, well, what if it was, though? <laughs> wow. I I just don't and Z-tar know. Zetar gets the she... top and pulls off his hood and it turns out it's been wet bub all wet along. Misa I now. And it turns out wet bub is a Sith Lord. Nope. <laughs> the secret Sith me. Lord Whipbub theory. <laughs> yep, you lost me here. You heard it here first, folks. God, he but Ben he Planting landed on his flag. feet when he jumped off the balcony. Oh, he did. I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. I never want to hear about this again. 
Well, you will. No, it's you fine. Will. It's just the people. There are people who literally buy into it. It's. I know. It, it'll be the epilogue of. It'll be the epilogue of the last <laughs> higher okay, reveal that Webbub was Darth Bane manipulating everything from behind the scenes. Webbub is the main character in Acolyte. Can we please stop saying Webbub? Never. <laughs> I think we just say it like seventeen or eighteen more times just to be sure. Exactly. Yeah. It's SEO. It's for good for SEO. Definitely. Or on Google on Google Podcasts, what'll happen is you know if you click on a podcast and it's like topics in this episode, and it'll like do you can like click on an icon. And it's like oh, what is this? And there's a little Google search for it. If we say wet bub enough times, it'll say topics in this episode wet bub. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, it's already there. I'm sure it is. My that's my, one of our main topics is wet bub. I truly believe that any individual who's out there Googling WebBub podcasts like are not going to be disappointed by either Rogue Podron or Skyhopper. <laughs> I think nope. you're right. They're going to find their homes. Truly, truly. <laughs> um, who else do we want to talk? Okay, so Lena So, we kind of talked about Stellan, but Lena So, uh, do we trust her? I, I think we talked about this a little on a recent-ish, maybe, episode of Skyhoppers. Um, I don't trust her in the way that i don't trust any person in power that has even when they have good intentions yeah yeah that's that's where i'm at too um so yeah dakota i would assume that it was a recent ish episode Uh we talked about it um i think i think that people came out of light of the jedi feeling like lena so was had some sort of agenda i don't think she Mm -hmm. does I think she's out of touch like any other like any politician. Yes. <laughs> um, and I think uh, she means I, well, but isn't going to do what she wants at yeah, the end of the day. I mean, she built a Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> Did she? Is Starlight Beacon a weapon? It doesn't. I don't think it has. I mean, as far as we know, no. But it's still. <laughs> it's, it's So what you're saying is she built a large thing in space. No, what I'm saying is she built this like cop like observation yeah, thing to I... make everyone even out in the outskirts of the galaxy remember that there's this big strong central government mm-hmm. there that's gonna help them and make sure that they're all civilized and happy right happy. no one said no none of us said she wasn't imperialistic <laughs> i hadn't yeah. thought about it as like a tool for surveillance yeah yeah that's immediately like what I think about. Yeah, she's, that's how she's just out there watching them. <laughs> that's how the outer rim feels about it. A lot of them, right? They're like, yeah, we've gotten by without the Republic just fine. Like, leave us alone. That's a good. That's so a while great point. it doesn't have a giant weapon, it like might as well. You're right. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah. I really, I'm the same. Where I like, I want to trust her. I want to like her. Like, she's doing everything right on paper. Like mm-hmm. the like. She she demonstrably is very transparent about like you know like she lets the journalists come into this very heated meeting with a couple of senators like that's a thing that you wouldn't see happen you know in modern mm-hmm. day politics um, and she's got these two targons by her side and it, I just love them so much like I want to believe that they're good but it's just I can't, anyone in a position of power I can't yeah <laughs> she, those uh what what are they called again targons. Targons? Targons? Yeah. I love them. They they feel very Talon card. They do. <laughs> um and see if I kind of strip away the you know, you know, fiction doesn't exist in a vacuum, but if I kind of try to strip away the real world read of Lena So, I do like her. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, 
that's, she's likable. Yeah, she's likable, and I think that she really does mean well. And I just think that at this point, it's it's like you said, Danny. It's little, it's little bits, little things. The Republic and the Jedi sacrificing their principles. Yep. So that that corruption can take root, because it's yep. already kind of there. You get little bits and pieces of it here and there. Um, and it's just like, as if it's willing, if it's allowed to take hold, then Palpatine and 200 years is like, who boy, I am ready. <laughs> it's like a Wednesdays at the all you can eat buffet. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, and I thought introducing her son was a, was a good move again, you know, giving us another mm-hmm. layer to her and, uh, Kip was delightful. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, just like a delightful so teen who just does not want to do all the politics things, but also loves his mm-hmm. mom. Oh, it was. I thought it was really nice that he loved his mom. It was, yeah. It's like he he was like frustrated with her, but also he got it. Like that's not that's not a relationship you see very often. It would have been so much easier to go for like the rebellious, angry teen. I was gonna say it's also not a very relatable teen uh, <laughs> teen, teen viewpoint, if you ask me, <laughs> but um it was nice to see i did love kip pretty much from the the introduction yeah mm-hmm. and kip and jom big old heart emoji i know oh that's so I, cute. Uh, good luck to you two being the children of politicians like thanks <laughs> best of luck but also um, i believe in it his name was jom yeah j-o-m i don't love them reusing the name of another character who already exists but it's fine. <laughs> Literally, my only complaint. John Burrell. I, I from... to sound really stupid. Who's the other John? John, John Burrell. You won't sound stupid when I tell you where he's from. Uh, Aftermath. Twilight Company. Aftermath. Oh, Aftermath. Yeah, right. John Burrell. Um, yeah. Um... How dare two characters in the entire galaxy have the same name? <laughs> Especially two hundred years apart. Such prominent individuals as John and John. <laughs> um, and yeah, you know ben. what? Ram Jamaram has a name that's very close to Jom. There are a couple places in that name I think that could turn into Jom. Oh boy, Ben, let me tell you about British royal history. <laughs> There's right, a lot now. of people with the same name. <laughs> the, the number of Henrys that I've had to parse out while watching the Tudors is just insane. Anyways, okay. fair enough. You're right. Could be much worse. At least there are 200 years separating these two. Yeah, <laughs> could Uh-oh. be much worse. Yeah, I liked them a lot. I liked their I liked their little relationship and I liked how they were just like, let's just get away and and enjoy the fair together. It was just so cute. I it was. I I like the middle grade and YA books that came out of it and I also kind of wish that the middle grade book had been like this story but from their point of view as like a little gay love story. That would have been great. Mm-hmm. That would have been fun. Mm-hmm. Could still happen, maybe. We don't know. It's true. It's true. Um other large prominent characters we have ty yorick uh acting out the other half of race to crash point tower in this book <laughs> right mm-hmm. uh and kind of flirting with elzar slash the dark side and mm-hmm. flying on giant lizards i'm down with <sighs> i feel like this is going to be me being me being me, we'll say. I'm always leery of force users that are like not evil but not Jedi. <laughs> yeah. 
because I'm just like, are you going to do it, Star Wars? They're a little gray. Are they a little yep. gray? Are looking, you going to do looking it? Looking a little gray there, Ty. Yeah, you're looking a little gray. And it's like, it's like she's very clearly like all the bits with her. Um, at the be- is it the- is it the beginning of this book where, um, she's on that she's on that planet and those two farmers come to her. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, do you remember the name of that planet, Ben? No. It is Safrifa. <gasps> yeah. Just shouting that out. <laughs> no particular. Saf has reason. now been canonized twice. <laughs> Danny's still sitting here at zero, just saying. <laughs> um, but ben was canon immediately. Immediately. Uh, I was canon in 1976, baby. Um, I hope, like... Still waiting on Ben, I hope though. Danny comes before Dakota. Like, that would be a little silly. Yeah. Still waiting on Ben. You're right, Danny. We are. <laughs> I'm still waiting on can't. Butts McGee. <laughs> What I wanted to say about the, Ty on that the, planet. Sorry, I'm going to keep interrupting you. There's going to be, <laughs> please. There's going to be a Gungan Nile that shows up in the next book. That is the the son of Bub, Wet Bub, and it's Wet Butts <laughs> McGee. Wet Butts McGee. <laughs> yeah, that's gross. I'm going to keep yeah. with my thing. The now. only thing worse than Wet Bub is Wet Butts. <laughs> <laughs> no one gets this joke because we talked about this before we started recording, <laughs> and no one can see our screens. Nope. Oh, true. Oops. Nope. And I refuse to give context, um, as a good <laughs> podcaster do should do. So what I was saying is, Ty, Fine. I'm wet, wondering... Wet bit is a better joke, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm trying to say um, is, I, I'm curious... It's also always a little weird to me that, like, we don't know Ty's backstory, right? Like, we don't, and that's clearly something that is, like... It's, it's something they'll probably want to tell at some point. They'll want to get into. Mm-hmm. It's very clear to me that she is on where it counts like a good person. You know, with those two farmers, she's like, I'm just waiting for them to say it. Can you help us? <laughs> and she's like, well, I'm going to do it now because that's just that's who I am. And it strikes me as one of those things of people being like, oh, Ahsoka is a great Jedi. It's like, Ugh. no, she's not. She's not a Jedi, maybe, but like she's she's good. And mm-hmm. I understand I understand a lot of people really do kind of enjoy that ambiguity, not even like force grayness, just, you know, if like good force users or bad force users that aren't Jedi or Sith. And I'm not trying to talk down to those people. If that's interesting to you, that's fine. To me, it's just kind of not. It's just like, I want to know why she's not a Jedi. I do think that's interesting on a personal mm-hmm. level. But to me, it's like, she's just, she's just a Jedi. You know what I mean? She just doesn't follow their code. Um, mm-hmm. and it just, it just, it's kind of like this weird half measure to me sometimes. I don't know enough about Ty to say that as like a, yeah, I mean, I uh, think the, the question is like, is she, like, why is she not with the Jedi order anymore? Yes. Is she still a Jedi? Because what does it mean to be a Jedi? Is it that you are a part of this cult or is the, or is there more to it? Like, can you stop being a Jedi or are you always a Jedi or is that just how cults work? I don't know. And see, that's that's obviously a much bigger discussion. And it's one that I would love to get into because <laughs> it's just well, because that kind of thing is interesting to me. Where it's just like if Luke Skywalker suddenly was like, I'm not a Jedi, but continued to be Luke Skywalker. I'm going to be like, mm, you're a Jedi, dude. Like, you know what I mean? It's like and I'm not mm-hmm. trying to. <laughs> so from your perspective, know. it's not a religious affiliation. It literally is just a way that to be that that one is. 
Yes, that's the way I look at it. And I, yeah. I understand it's like, I want to respect these characters' agencies. Like, Ty is not a Jedi for a reason. And it's like, I'm, I'm curious as to what that reason is. But like mm-hmm. on a holistic, generic level, I'm like, why not? Why, why? I don't know. The, I, yeah, probably I mean, it kind of feels right like now. there's a there's a lowercase Jedi and an uppercase Jedi, yes. right? Yes, that's a great way of putting it. <laughs> um, but obviously, Ty is not just universally good. Um, she is. She's got some some stuff going on, and I I I thought she was one of the more interesting characters. I was I loved it when she met up with Elzar. Yes, I thought that, that was great. Was, yep, those were all really great interactions. Yeah, again, of- the two of them are just like such emotional beings that it was great to see yep. them t- connecting and, and <laughs> run like, into each other, sharing in the dark side together. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of Thelothians, like, yeah, I mean, two is a lot, I guess. It seems like a lot, but it does seem like a lot. Uh, two prominent characters with Thelothian, which I just think is funny. Hmm. It's not a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. <laughs> exactly i always when i was growing up i always thought like addy galia i always thought that she was wearing like i didn't realize there were tendrils on their heads Mm -hmm. i thought she was wearing like a uh like a headdress of some kind and her hair was like in like fabric i don't know what it was but Mm -hmm. i remember i like when i look at them i still see like a headdress oh they just like funny hats yeah they see a funny hat i don't see oh that's your head that is attached to you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but a little beside the point i suppose if you wear a hat long enough it becomes your head mm. that's what the ancient philosophers used to say that's an interesting theory who's gonna test it no i would hate to wear a hat long enough that it wouldn't come off my head yeah it's just bad. a mad because because at that point you can't take it off because god knows what's under there mm-hmm. uh so next let's talk about <laughs> Um, Obra Lynn, the oh archivist who was a blob that just put himself into a spacesuit so that he could move <laughs> around. So he could move. <laughs> what? Um, very, very lovable character. Oh, yeah. So great. Very lovable character. Um, also, you know, always into space librarians. Um, yes. It's nice that we have a better one now. Yes. <laughs> um oh you finally have a hero (laughs) i mean i okay we just won't we just won't tonight i I can't stand jocasta new we don't need to do the jocasta new hate hate cast tonight (laughs) i love jocasta new i think she makes one bad librarian mistake and then everything else we've seen of her she's been doing a great job yeah it's cancel culture that one moment is what what gets broadcast all over everyone's screens uh-huh. and suddenly she's canceled for life. Well, I don't know. If you ask the if you ask the average Star Wars fan, what do you think of Jacosta New? They're gonna be like, who? And you won't be able to have a conversation <laughs> about it. So I, why are we talking about it? <laughs> I think that's why we're talking about yeah, it. Yeah, Ben, you're right. We are not the average Star Wars fans. <laughs> oh, don't I know it. <laughs> we are not being catered to. Yeah, I feel that. Oh, I felt like I was being catered to in some of this book. Although one area where I was not being catered to, how's that for a transition, was the end of chapter 48. I Okay. Surely you remember the end of chapter 48. Probably. This is where my High Republic trauma begins and ends. Care the one singular Ithorian Jedi. Oh. R.I.P. Mikkel Sukhani. Yeah. Super dead. I don't mind. Super dead. <laughs> wow. 
Dakota, how dare you? Yeah, that's hurtful. <laughs> Danny Dakota. invites us into their home, and you're gonna <laughs> come and be disrespectful like that. Yeah. Danny, just, it made me sad. It's too. like you're ignoring all of the votive candles with Ithorian faces on them around our <laughs> podcasting room here. <laughs> I like to imagine. Do either of you know I'm talking about the SpongeBob episode with all the dirty diapers when Patrick is like working and SpongeBob is like raising the baby? No. no. What? Never Who's baby? Never mind. That. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, wait, is it a baby starfish? <laughs> no, it's a baby. Does Patrick clam, reproduce? I think. It's a baby clam, I think. And oh. SpongeBob's like. They're fighting and SpongeBob's going around like pile looking at all the piled up dirty diapers and they're like he's peeling back wallpaper. They're in the walls. They're like in the fridge. It's nasty. But I imagine all of that with uh Ithorian votive candles. <laughs> okay, now so I anyway, like Nicholas Subani went out in a blaze of glory. It was a heroic moment. He was saving a bunch of people from uh, who were falling out of ships, like basically. Um and But they all died too, right? Uh I mean, probably, or did he say only them? one of them was an Ithorian. <laughs> and so, see, he didn't even do a good job. No, he I'm got so- them to wow. safety. Oh, he did? Okay, okay. see, that's what did I was he? asking. I think he did. Okay, okay don't, no. don't, you won't come for Jocasta Nu, but you'll come for this Ithorian Jedi who was doing nothing but trying to help people. Uh, I just don't like their mouths. Which one? Ex- exactly. <laughs> I lo- I would love to be able to speak. Oh in no no stereo. okay. So he he saved the people. So what was happening was it was okay. By the way, these these floating pavilions of the different planets, so cool. <gasps> yeah, uh, so so cool. Again, it's just Epcot in space, which I know. Yeah, who doesn't want that? Valor um, in general. But anyway, like beautiful. they were when the Nile attacked, like they were like basically falling out of the sky. So he was like going around saving all the people that were falling mm-hmm. and like getting their safety. But one of the people that he saved turned out to be a Nile. Uh oh, and the <sighs> Nile took the control of the ship and crashed it disgusting truly yeah truly it's pretty bad Horrific. i mean i we ha- we have our niche things that we love about star wars right and so when there was an ithorian jedi in the first book i immediately got attached and was like so excited to hear more and was like well he was no. a peripheral character in this book but there's a lot of higher public to come like he'll have a solo audio drama by the end of the book oh, and then he no. died in the next book and i was just like no <laughs> who am i supposed to get attached to now uh, bell zedifar there's Stellan always agaburi Loden Great Storm? Truly, yeah, I do have Buryaga. Yeah, not Loden Great Storm. Not a good choice. <laughs> what? <laughs> That'd be horrible. Your Athorian Jedi dies, and you like, oh, thank God, Loden Great Storm is still alive for me to imprint onto. <laughs> yeah, then, yeah, really smart choice given his current circumstances. <laughs> he literally doesn't have Leku anymore. They're gone. Uh, um, that was that was rough to read about. Just yeah, what he what he endured at Martian's hands. <sighs> that dude's got to die. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Yep. Oh, he's not going to. You don't think so? No, he's he's Palpatine. Mm. Uh-huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I well, I one do... one of the three Palpatines. Okay, Danny, I'm interested in hearing about this theory, but maybe not right here. <laughs> I think I think we. I I do want you to DM me later though about this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk. But yeah. I I this probably book put does it in our Twitter me... DM because I want in on that. Okay, we'll talk about the three Palpatine theory. Put it in like, just yeah. put it in the main like Rogue Hoppers one that has all of us in it. Yes, great. So that everyone else can be like, what? Well, let's just, I but, mean, all, all I'll say here is that where do you think Marcia and Rogue got the rule of three from? Oh, I mean, come on. It's basically a copy pasta of a certain Sith Lord's other guiding principle. You're right. Yeah. So what happens is he tries to expand to the rule of three 
something goes amiss. Or he just never replaces Pan. It's like, I guess it's the rule of two now. Yep. Oh, anyway, that makes sense. what I'm trying to say is I'm very curious. I'm because we know that we're just now I mean, we'll be we will be finishing up the first wave phase, whatever you yeah. want to call it of the High Republic. Like the first all, round. The first, the first course. The first, <laughs> the first course. The first inning. Yeah. <laughs> the first I like that. The first inning. There you go. Um we'll be rounding that out uh beginning of next year, I think. Yeah. And it's like Will the Nihil be the main enemy the whole time? Or is Martian going to get into something bigger? Is Martian going to eat it? Like, and it turns into something else. It turns into something more of like an anthology series. Yeah. I hadn't even considered that. Yeah, I kind of had this idea that like the Drengear were going to sort of rise up to be a new big bad, but it doesn't seem like they're going that way necessarily right now. I Um, think the Drengear are more or less defeated in the comics. That seems that was the vibe that I got was that they are at mm-hmm. least put in a place of not being a threat anymore. Major okay, threat. so spoilers for the comics. One, two. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, so they're like they they are not the thing. But yeah, so I, I kind of I also had this sense of like, yeah, are there going to be sort of different? And again, as we've been talking about, rather than just like one big bad that leads up to a climate like that, that traditional storytelling trilogy that we expect, like it is just more of a yeah, anthology is actually a really good word for it. Mm-hmm. but yeah just that's fascinating i don't Scenes know how much the slow decline of the jedi order Ugh. that sounds yeah. horrible truly though but yeah. like really good at the same time you know? <laughs> and i'm so invested <laughs> exactly Yo. exactly oh, it just sounds hard it sounds hard that's what it sounds like yeah uh, i've always been a fan of the jedi and it's going to be hard to watch them you know burn out truly yeah. Um, a few other odds and ends that I wanted to make sure to shout out from this book. Again, so it's so dense, so much to dig into here. Um, number one, Ember is a very good boy. Oh, yeah, I love Ember. And if this series ends with Ember like by himself sitting down and being alive while every other Jedi around him is dead, like I'll be okay with that because Ember <laughs> is a very good boy. <laughs> yes. I don't know if I'll be okay with that because Ember very clearly has some level of like sentience. <laughs> okay, fair. Yeah. I, I, your point stands though. I see your point. <laughs> as long as Ember gets out okay, things will be okay. Um, okay. Senator Tia Toon uh, believes that the Jedi shouldn't be the sole uh, defense force for the Republic. And like, hello, where were you during the Clone Wars? <laughs> <laughs> you make a very good point. It's funny that you mentioned that because I always kind of thought as as him as like a uh, a minor antagonist. Uh-huh. Yeah, but he's really not. I I uh, I don't know. He's an antagonist, but only because he's the voice of reason, and no one else wants to listen to reason right now. <laughs> sure. I think that this. I think they're going to be based out of Starlight Beacon, and that's basically making Starlight Beacon a weapon. Mm. Okay. I, I to me, I I just think it's bad. <laughs> well, and see, that's the thing. I because of because this is Star Wars, I tend to think of it, and I always think of it as fairly black and white. And that sort of thing. Uh-huh. But Dakota, that's a actually that's a good point. If they do end up making this, it's like, oh, the Republic Defense Force, and then they defeat the Nile, and then it's like, well, now we have all these ships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kinda like which is worse. Um, increased military presence from the Republic, option A, or B, uh, militarizing your local monks. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Neither seem great. 
just walk down to the Tibetan monastery and be like, here, take a sword. <laughs> We're going. I don't know. Um, next point, a, uh, a, a, I assume young, strapping, and extremely sexy uh, Tara Sinube is currently the marshal of the Dara outposts. Mm. Uh, so I'm glad that he's kicking around. I love that because Dara is a reference to the, I don't know if it's the original drafts of Empire Strikes Back or what, but it's in the audio drama. Dara 4 is a Legends planet from way back in the day. I'm assuming they're related. And Tara Sinube, pretty cool. Good episodes of Clone Wars. Yeah, I mean, tell tell us something we don't know, Ben. <laughs> um, uh, the Togruta had a very cool sort of subplot in this book too. I really liked what was going on with sort of bringing them into the Republic, and I especially enjoyed their two towers moment of heroism towards the end of the battle when they came riding <laughs> over the hill and saved everyone. <laughs> Look to the east. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great way to put it. Uh, but there was a character named Noran Bakarakana. Mm-hmm. And I don't have anything to say about this, uh, except that that's a great name. I had to read it four or five times. Yeah. Noran Bakarakana. Oh, I looked them up. They're a cat person, so that's fun. Ooh. Um, <laughs> another great character was Real Dyro, the journalist who uh, became famous because she firehosed a fire chief on live television yeah. when she found out that he was embezzling money that he had taken for relief <laughs> efforts. Yeah, I love her. <laughs> she was cool. so good. She was cool. I always love when we get to see journalists in Star is Wars. It, is, uh, is it Twilight Company where there's a journalist as well? Or am I thinking um, of something else? I can't remember. It's been a while. Certainly not in a prominent role in Twilight Company. <sighs> okay. Oh, no. You know, it's a. Uh, sorry, it's Aftermath again. It's the interludes in Aftermath. Oh, okay. Apologies. I remember now. There was also one in the Poe Dameron comic. Yes. And MedStar. Ooh. I love that Dakota's ref- referencing MedStar now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, Danny. Please continue. Love a journalist. Okay, and then the very last point that I wanted to bring up was that um, part of the Republic Fair is that they had this ride that would play the song called United in Song <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> and the best part was that the Jetta that they had stationed to stand next to it was like the 200-year-old Porter Angle. <laughs> Yeah, he's like the most badass Jedi of the galaxy. Like, what is I forget? What is his nickname? The Blade of Bardana. Yeah, the Blade of Bardona is spending the fair getting United in Song stuck in his head while he guards the, the ride life. that everyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty incredible. Oh. Like, if that doesn't tell you that the Jedi Order is flawed right there, I don't know what will. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the priorities are all wrong. They're very yeah. good. I also thought that was very funny. <sighs> The so, only other person they could have put there that would have been as bad would have been Buckets of Blood. Buckets of Blood. Oh, poor Buckets of Blood. <laughs> Good old Buckets <Yeah>. of Blood. <laughs> it's just wild for a nickname for a Jedi. Yeah. Tor- <laughs> Torben Buck, a.k.a. Buckets of Blood, the healer. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nonsense. Oh, God. Well, just it. wait till you meet his uh, bastard child from a former relationship, Wet Buckets of Blood. <laughs> <laughs> any relation to uh wet bub wet Indeed. or wet butts wet butts and wet bub and wet buckets of blood <laughs> there, there's the trio that we all need that's that's the trio i want to see come together in the next book claudia gray get on it yeah on please it. we sort of we sort of talked about speculation a little bit but what like truly what are you sort of anticipating for the the third and final chapter of this first trilogy Oof. danny i couldn't tell you 
Yeah, right? I just... <laughs> I, really I have know. no clue at all. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, people will say, well, like, The Last Jedi, where it's like, oh, they left them nowhere to go. It's like, no, I don't think that's true at all. It's, there are so many places to go that I don't know. I don't know what kind of story this is trying to be. Mm-hmm. So I think it will end up being somewhat hopeful because it's star wars that's just what they mm-hmm. want to do um but that doesn't mean i don't think a lot of bad things will happen along the way and i i don't know how this first first you know inning ends up <laughs> it could end. Yeah. it could end a low note just because it feels like you know it'd feel weird to end like a new hope on a low note but whenever you've had like a year's worth of a ton of content that has had its highs and lows, I think you could get away with doing it. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, Martian and the Nihil are in a great spot at the end of this first trilogy. I wouldn't be shocked to see that, but I don't necessarily think it's going that direction. Yeah, that seems more like something that would happen at the end of the second inning. Okay, Assuming... yeah, I guess traditionally. Yeah. yeah. Traditionally in a baseball game, the second inning is when the bad guys have the upper hand. Exactly. <laughs> Because there are usually just three innings. <laughs> there are just three innings, and one baseball team is unequivocally the bad guys. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't do sports, but I that seems very clear to me from every person that I've ever heard talk about sports ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Walks up to a baseball game. So, which one is the bad guys? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I mean, I think maybe the bigger question is what is the next phase going to, or what is the next inning going to be? Is it more of this story or are we jumping forward a hundred years in time? Cause like that, that could be two very different things than for what to expect for the ending of the first inning. True. I, Dakota, do you have thoughts on that? I feel like I talked a lot there and I'd like you to go first. I, if you have thoughts. No, I just like, I hadn't even considered that as an option, but it totally is. Okay, I hadn't either, and I would I would be excited to see that, of course, you know, see a different uh-huh. era. But at the same time, that'd be super sad. I've grown to love these Absolutely. characters. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, like, that's, I am not ready to say goodbye to the characters. No. no. My hope is that it'll be like a 19-book series counting all of the different age groups. And <laughs> hmm. um, Sounds familiar. Or even not. But, like, that would be so fun. <laughs> it would. I, I mean, if it kind of turned into, like, a generational story where it's, yeah. like, we see – we jump forward a bit after the Nihil are defeated. We jump forward a bit, and then, like, Belzedifar has a Padawan, and Vernestra Rowe mm-hmm. has a Padawan, mm-hmm. or has, a, has another Padawan, or maybe Emery has a Padawan. You know, it's like mm-hmm. – and it turned into this sprawling generational thing, and it's, like, that's Legends, baby. Yeah. Dang. And I'd love it. I'd eat it right up. I, th- yes, that's what I. I would just, yeah. <laughs> I want as you, much Danny? as possible with each different group. Yes, you have thoughts, Danny? Yeah, I'm not sure because I mean, I, I do. I see the value of having it lead. You know, basically having this High Republic era lead right into the Phantom Menace, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but also, I kind of like the self-contained nature of it being distant from the prequels and sort of just sort of laying the groundwork for their fall without necessarily spelling it out in great detail. So I guess mm-hmm. I see value to both and I'm, I am excited to see what they decide to do with that. I imagine this will be the timing of the next phase will coincide with Star Wars celebration next year. So I imagine this will be a big part of our uh, celebration Ooh. experience next year. Mm-hmm. True. Hopefully I can feel safe being there. Um, <laughs> so say we all. <laughs> um, my last little bit of speculation is really more of just kind of like a wish list thing. 
I like that idea, Danny, of it being very removed from the prequels. And I think it'd be nice that at the end of this publishing initiative, which hopefully is, you know, far from now, we kind of get this really flowery, like 20 page epilogue mm. of like detailing the Jedi's orders, the Jedi orders history up between the end of the High Republic into the Phantom Menace. Okay. Hear me mm. out on this though. Flowery epilogue, except the last book ends on a freeze frame. The Uh-oh. 80s rock music begins. <laughs> and then we flash to just a block of text that says where each of the characters ended up. <laughs> Way better. Way better. You got me. I don't know. I'm so stupid. I don't know why I didn't think of that first. <laughs> just I feel like a huge dinkus right now. That's okay. That's that's why I invite you out of the podcast. So I can make you <laughs> Punching like bag. Got it. Um <laughs> I I do know that Claudia Gray is going to write the next book, and so I do know that there's going to be like if we thought if we thought Rising Star ripped our hearts out and stomped on it a little bit, like we ain't oh, seen nothing yet. For sure, yep. for sure, I'm so ready. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, in the meantime, we have uh, so much High Republic content to chew on, though. Um, uh, High Republic will be back next week with an episode about Out of the Shadows. And then there are multiple comics. There's the Lorna D audio drama. And uh, the manga just came out this week, too. I'm yes. still waiting on to, mine. To check that out. So. I'm still fun. waiting on mine. I enjoy mail. It. It's just volume one, right? There, are they planning more, do yep. you think? Yeah, volume two's already yeah. got a publication date. Oh. And cool. Yeah, I imagine we'll after that. No, they had the publication date, but. Thank you for being on top of it, Danny. Yeah, anytime. Do either of you have any final thoughts about the Rising Storm or the High Republic as a whole? It's very good. That's all I'm gonna say. It's, yeah, it's what I it's mm-hmm. it's what I wanted. It's meeting expectations and exceeding them at every turn. Yep. Totally <laughs> agreed. Well, thank you both for uh, coming into my Mikkel Sutmani Memorial Podcasting Room <laughs> for this episode. Uh, it is. Uh, it is always nice to uh, hang out with skyhoppers from time to time. Um, mm. So thank you to the other hosts of Rogue Padron for not reading this book so that I could do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, well, I guess. Thanks guys. We- Social media thanks. shout outs. <laughs> um, I'm on Twitter at ferretliciously. I tweet about star Wars and it's usually dumb. I'm on Twitter at endless deviation with one S and I don't really tweet unless I'm swearing at a politician or uh, saying something horny. I don't know. Can confirm that's usually what the Twitter, the <laughs> tweets are uh, composed of. What What about, do you two have a podcast of some sort? Or... No. Okay. No, yes, we do. Uh, the the sister padron of this podcast, uh, Skyhopper's podcast, me and Dakota talk with our friends Cole and Eva about anything and everything in star wars sometimes we t- we want to talk about one thing end up talking about something else it's usually fun usually a good time um mm, i agree the, usually thank you oh. usually i was gonna say i wanted i at one point i want to ask everybody who's been around for a long time i want to say like what's the worst episode we've ever done see if i can get <laughs> i'd like to get a feel for that sort of thing but uh yeah wherever you're listening to this podcast that'd be such a bold move like we have on our website we have like highlight episodes and like i feel like a lot of podcasts sort of do like a listening guide if like these are our best episodes publish a 
web page with your <laughs> podcast worst episodes and just be like check these out this is the worst if you like these everything else will be better than this or uh danny the part of me that works in digital marketing is like i really love the idea about the listening guide i've not thought of that we have a website but the the bin in me is like absolutely doing a page of our worst episodes <laughs> yeah that sounds i think that that would be great on our website <laughs> i love it i love it good way to drive traffic um it's like if you want something to hate here's a good list place to play places to begin <laughs> um but we're on twitter at a uh, sw skyhoppers that's probably the best quickest way to get a hold of us you can find everything at skyhopperspodcast.com and for rogue podron we're twitter at rogue podron website is roguepodron.com where you uh can go see the episode guide clearly ben has never been to our website um, i have uh, <laughs> i have uh what else do we say um rogue podron is happening right now i'm home from summer camp but they still haven't finished the book so i'm still not on the episodes with them so I'm keeping myself busy with higher public episodes. More of these coming. And hopefully they'll let me back onto the main podcast soon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, until then, thanks for listening. And, um, oh, we end the higher public by saying we are all the Republic. And then we all say nice. So okay, are you, do we time? Are it? you ready? Like, yeah. We are all the Republic. Nice. No. We are all Were the Republic. Right? No, you just, no, you just together? say the nice part. I guess that wasn't nice. clear. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> okay. All right. So we are all the Republic. Nice. Nice. We need a better sign off for this podcast. Pew, pew. <laughs> pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. There's my sign off for you. Thank you. Beautiful. I refuse because I'm nonviolent. <laughs>